1: Welcome to Amtower Off-Center on the Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here with a first-time guest today, uh, Simon Turner of Ocean 5 Strategies. Uh, Simon, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
1: Um, tell people a little bit about Ocean 5 and a little bit of, We'll start with your background and then tell them why you, uh, you started Ocean 5 and, and what you guys do.
0: Uh, sure, yeah. So personal background, you'll probably gather from the accent that I'm not from around here initially, but so I, I grew up in the UK, and uh, from a career perspective, I ran sales and marketing uh, for large multinationals, both in Europe, before I relocated to the US in 2000. Um, and from there, I sort of ran the, the, the sales and marketing and customer service departments at a company called IMI. I um, Established Ocean Five or its predecessor in 2010, and uh, the original plan was to to have a management consulting firm, but that naturally morphed into Ocean Five as it stands today, where uh, primarily. So we're now positioned as a as a growth agency rather than a management consulting firm. So we're a growth agency. And what that means is that we are um, offering services that fall into three buckets. So bucket one is digital marketing, Um, so websites, SEO, those sorts of uh, activities. Uh, The second group is uh, marketing services, so more traditional marketing, a lot of um, content development, a lot of uh, graphic design. And the third one is a throwback to the management consulting days where we focus heavily on strategy. So we're building up marketing plans. We're building out messaging strategies for the companies that we work for. And the, the whole spin of, of the government, so the part about being a growth agency rather than just positioning ourselves as a marketing agency, is that everything we do is built around the strategy. And the strategy has metrics, and so we measure everything that we do in order to align our activities with both the business development goals and the financial goals of the company. So that's Ocean 5, Ocean 5 Strategies, and um, hopefully that gives you a little insight as to what we do. Uh,
1: Yeah, I just hadn't, uh, except for previous conversations with you, I have not heard it put as a a growth agency so that's a great differentiator for for you guys what we're going to be discussing today is uh we're going to focus on two things seo and website design and execution you know seo's been with us for a while and every now and again i'll hear uh you know god do people still do that you know do they have to you know google something So um, what's what's the story here? Why is SEO right for my company?
0: Well, so SEO isn't right for every company, right? It it, it is a long-term investment in growing your business. And so if that's not the overall intent, then, you know, don't waste the money is, is the starting point. But, fundamentally, if you're in it for the long haul and you in, you expect people to find your website online, and, and at the end of the day, if you've got a website, why wouldn't you want to be found online? Um, uh, then at some point, search engine optimization is going to be an appropriate tool. Uh, it's also got a very high rate of return, but the thing that puts people off is that it takes some months to actually get some traction. So there's some upfront investment to actually um, uh, make it work. But the short answer is if you want to get found online, at some point you're probably going to do some search engine optimization. Okay. So what
1: What does uh, – well, first, ex- explain what SEO is
0: then. So as the – I guess as the name implies, search engine optimization is – is structuring your website in such a way that search engines can find it and um yeah well let's look at the, the look into that in a little bit more detail so um of all of the searches that take place more than 80 percent of them are, are through google right so let's just focus on google and not worry about the uh, the, the others for a moment um so let's look at google's motivation so google is is obviously trying to increase its revenue by uh, primarily through advertising spend. And the way they do that is that they get you to use their search platform to do all of your searches so they can present adverts to you. And as a consequence, they have done an amazing job at making their search engine to be the most efficient in returning a result that you're looking for. The, the algorithms they use are actually so sophisticated it can anticipate your needs and you type in your query and back comes the result. So with, with that um, motivation from their perspective, what they've said is we are going to rank websites in such a way that when you search, the very best websites come back in response to this query that you've put into the search engine. And so this algorithm is starting to look at the, is is looking at the websites, and they're looking for very specific things. And what happens is that Google, over time, has changed what it's looking for. And as a consequence, the things that you have to do to a website has changed over time. And I, I can sort of give you some examples um, so if you look back at all well, the mid nineties, I mean, so, so the, uh, the, the websites were not really friendly for mobile devices. So at some point Google said, well, you know what, we are going to make it a requirement or we're going to rank websites that look good on a mobile device, the phone, um, Uh, higher than companies that don't. And so they set up some rules and they said, well, the buttons have to be so far apart and it has to have such this, this level of speed to be considered useful on a mobile device. Not only do we think it's important that your website is good on a mobile device, we are going to rank your mobile device first before the desktop version. So suddenly that changes the game again, right? And the most recent change is called uh, core uh, Web Vitals, where Google's introduced a series of of um, uh, series of changes that people have to now comply with in order to get their website found on on the search engines. So the um, uh, the the trick with search engine optimization is that. Um, uh, Companies like ours, other companies that are offering uh, SEO services, really have to stay on top of um, the changes that, uh, uh, that that are coming along from all the search engine ops, uh, search engines and Google in particular.
1: Okay, um, so what? Um, so we see why it works. How how do you build uh, or how do you design? A, a website uh, to incorporate the optimization?
0: So, so that's a really good question. And also the way you phrased it is, is particularly uh, on point because um, historically, search engine optimization is about something that you do to a website after it's designed and developed. Um, and what is happening now is that website design development uh, itself is core to um, uh, core to successful search engine optimization. So let's let's look at the let's the five things that I think. Uh, if you look at SEO in its totality, I mean, in my opinion, you can break it down into five distinct areas so then we can look at those those individual areas. Oh, ha-
1: hang, hang on one sec. Let's pick that up after the break, because I don't want to interrupt you in the middle of the five. You're listening to Amtower Off-Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here with Simon Turner of Ocean 5 Strategies. You can find them at Ocean5Strategies.com the and we'll return right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I was just asking Simon how do you you integrate the uh, the optimization into the website and he's got five points so Simon pick it up there
0: sure so if we break SEO down into five distinct areas so there's the technical side of SEO number two is on page optimization uh, which is also uh, optimizing the content. Uh, number three is local optimization, which may or may not apply to your company. You know, if you're looking for a national audience, then maybe you're not looking for local optimization. So that's optional. And then, uh, and, and so those three things are make up a project type of activity. So there's a checklist of things and you can complete those activities and and you go down the list. A lot of companies just limit what they do in terms of SEO to those things. Um, but then the other, so number four is to have ongoing uh, SEO. You're going to add content to your website on a regular basis and it itself is going to be optimized content. And the fifth one, which is uh, maybe the most challenging is gathering backlinks. Backlinks means that we're trying to get other companies to talk about is and, consider the what we're saying to be so important that they will literally put a link from their website to our website in order to create this backlink. And these are all things which um, uh, which Google can measure and use these different uh, elements in order to um, uh, de- determine whether or not your website is the best website for the, for the search that someone has put into their search engine. Um, To put it into context, there's over 200 different criteria that is looked at within a search engine uh, optimization program. All I've done is group them into five buckets so that we can talk about them in in a logical fashion. So from a website design perspective, it's not just about what you're doing to the website after it's launched. During the website design process, you're gonna have to make sure that there are certain things which are compliant. So for example, When the website is developed, it also has to be um, usable on a desktop, and it has to be usable on mobile devices. And if you think about the number of uh, mobile devices that are out there, all the different phones, all the different tablets, and all the different aspect ratios, then uh, resolving that issue is fairly significant in itself. But take it the next step and say, well, look at all the different browsers that people use on all of these different devices. And you can see just how complex the idea of mobile-friendly gets. And and so websites are now pretty routinely uh, responsive design. So if your website is not responsive design, it's uh, it's a challenge because it's not very usable for people on mobile devices, right? And, and it will negatively impact your SEO. Um, Again, as part of the design development, um, you want to make sure that the the, the website itself is stable. Uh, I'll give you an example: is that uh, you, you, you may or may not have been to these websites, which are fundamentally clickbait, right? So you you open up this site, and as you're looking at it, and you go to press the button, the whole thing jumps, and you end up pressing the wrong button, and off you go to a page that you never intended to go to. So that that type of um, instability on a website is frowned upon by Google, and so you need to make sure that your website doesn't do that. Right? Um, other things that will will um, uh, negatively impact, impact SEO is what's called as intrusive <laughs> interstitials. So fancy word for a pop-up, right? I mean, so uh, intrusive pop-ups, things that are just Really, not helping the people along the journey they're going down are considered to be negative. Now, that doesn't mean all pop-ups are bad. It just means that if you're just shoving things in people's face and they're not uh, uh, helpful, then those will be considered negative uh, as part of a website design. So, and then the big one, of course, is speed. If you think about usability from a um, from a visitor's perspective. Um, open up a website, you've probably got between five and seven seconds to actually show them they're in the right place and show them that the information that you're presenting is going to be useful to them. Otherwise, they're going somewhere else. And so there's, there's a lot of things that are inherently part of website design, which cause that to happen. So from a technical standpoint, it's about loading speed. First off, it's about how fast does the information get presented to the visitor? And, uh, and from there on, it's like how fast can they interact with the website when they do interact? Does it actually move them to where they expect to be fairly quickly? So these are all elements of website design and development that, that, that absolutely impact search engine optimization. Okay. Um, so
1: let, let, me, let me ask a question here. When somebody comes to you, in all likelihood, you're going to be retrofitting rather than um, building from scratch. Is that correct?
0: Uh, surprisingly, it's, a, it's about 50-50. Um, it, depending on just how bad a shape the website is in, it's often faster and less expensive for us to just do a complete rebuild and and transport or, or pour the content over into the new uh website than it is to try and go in and fix the 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 broken things that are already there so um but yeah if there's a decent website it's already in place and we want to apply seo techniques to it you can absolutely do that we go in and and um systematically go through the first thing we do is actually a technical optimization so we're looking at all of the things that i spoke about but we're working from a decent platform in the first place um, so yeah, 50, 50 is the, uh, is the answer to that question. more or less.
1: Okay. I, I, I was curious because, you know, uh, I, I've had a website forever. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I was buried in a Yahoo store on my first website, but we're going back to, you know, the early mid nineties. So I didn't have a, a webmaster, uh, when I finally got one, you know, the, uh, federal direct, .NET has been out there now for 20-plus years. Um, I don't even remember when. Um, but uh, it, it it seems to me that, that you know, and I'm a, I'm a one-man band, but for larger firms, the website is still kind of the core, right?
0: Yeah, I, I mean...
1: For any company, I should say.
0: Yeah, for, for any company, that's true. Uh, I mean, when I think specifically about government contractors, we, it, it's an interesting conversation, actually, because we um, we find that there are, people fall broadly into two camps. There are, there are those that say, well, you know, the government never buys anything off my website, so it's not really that important. You know, we have business development people for that. And and um, and, and, you know, intuitively, you have to say, well, I think that's not right. You know, that, that that can't be the case. If you look at everything that's going on in terms of digital transformation and moving online, then websites are going to play a larger part. Um, it's somewhat backed up by, uh, you know, some statistics from our friends at Market Connection where they're saying that 82% of federal decision makers are using... Um, search engines to find websites, and they rate corporate websites as their top sources for research information so you know there 's some some evidence and some research to back up our intuitive sense and then the other thing that 's happened and this is somewhat more recently actually is that we are coming across uh, companies government contractors who are very, very clear about the importance of their website. And they're very clear about why they need a website and who they're targeting. And um, it's also interesting to note that uh, who they're targeting is not necessarily just the agencies, but they're looking at people, the influencers and decision makers in the government agencies themselves. Uh, They are looking at forming relationships with teaming partners. And they're also looking to attract uh, top talent. And the website becomes a, um, a focal point for all three of those target audiences. Um, and so at the end of the day, uh, we're finding that people are sort of gravitating and getting educated and learning that websites really are a, a focal point of what they should be doing for their businesses. Okay.
1: I want to take a break here and come back. And I want to ask a couple more questions about SEO before we take a deeper dive into the, uh, the websites. You're listening to Amtower off center on the federal news network. I'm here today with Simon Turner of ocean five strategies, ocean, the number five strategies.com. We'll return right after this. Welcome back to Amtower off center on the federal news network Uh, I'm here today with Simon Turner. Simon, I need to ask a couple of questions that I forgot to ask during our SEO portion. Um, So apparently recently Google announced uh, an update that impacts SEO uh, called Core
0: Web Vitals. Can you explain that, please? Sure. Um, So, you know, I guess springboarding from our... Uh, earlier conversation, Google makes lots of updates uh, and hundreds a year, of which a dozen may be very, very significant. And Core Web Vitals is one of those very significant updates. It actually came out in May of 2020. It was announced in May of 2020. And um, and it's taking effect in 2021. So there's still time to get in front of this, but you know the clock is ticking, and the the definition of of core web vitals builds on the existing platform of the things that Google is saying you should already have inherently built into your website, which is mobile friendly, safe browsing, um, uh, an SSL certificate, so that lock symbol that you see in the HTTPS. Uh, designation at the front of the URL. And this one called no intrusive interstitial. So that's the, the fancy word for no no irritating pop-ups. Um, so they're the core that already exists. So the, the core web vitals that are essentially the icing on top are three things. So number one is visual stability. So this is about having a website where things don't move around. So it's, it's reasonable that people can click a button uh, on the site and expect it to be the button that they intended to click, right? So that's about visual stability on the screen. Um, the, the second one is about, inter- it's called interactivity, but what it means is the uh, first input delay. So how long does it take for the website to come up for you to be able to click and do something, interact with the website in some form? And the third uh, one, uh, which is part of Core Web Vitals, is the loading, meaning the lar- the largest colorful paint. So how long does it take before the page itself renders and you can see what it's intended to do? And if you think about all of those three things, they're all speed related. right? It's all about how fast can we get stuff in front of the visitor and how you go about making that happen is is about optimizing the design and the efficiency of the code in the back end. So what it's fundamentally done is changed about things you do to your website after you've built it and and included um, inherently the efficiency of how a website is designed and built to influence search engine optimization. So it's a fairly major shift, and, and uh, companies that haven't sort of caught onto this yet really should be looking at their websites and looking at the speed and how user-friendly it is ultimately um, as to whether or not they're likely to be found.
1: Does it matter if it's a product-based company or a services-based company?
0: That doesn't matter one bit. Um, The way that um, uh, search engines work is you type in a series of words. Um, Those are generically called keywords if those keywords match um uh, then you are more likely to be found um and and for the for the people that understand seo i'm just going to qualify here it's it's not that you have to have exact match keywords because google's smart enough to know that a word a word that's that is intended to be similar they can figure out the difference and, and correlate them together. So. Um, uh, running shoes and shoes for running would be considered to be the same. Right. So, right. so they be smart enough to figure that sort of stuff out. Um, uh, so hopefully that, that sort of answers the question.
1: Okay. Well, that, that would lead to this. And, and this is interesting because when I mentioned the importance of SEO to clients, you know, with the caveat that I don't do it, um, you know, they, they go, well, you know, we, we've embedded, you know, keywords and phrases throughout our website. So is that, in effect, uh, self-SEOing your site? Um, does, does that help, hinder, or uh, is it neutral?
0: It, that, that's one of those classic it depends answers, right? Uh, so to do, I'm never going to tell people they can't do SEO themselves right? I mean, you, you can build, if somebody said, can you build a house yourself? And the answer is clearly yes, if you've got the right skills and tools and and you understand the legislation around it and the consequences for getting it wrong. It's no different with SEO. Um, but if people are thinking of doing it themselves, then they they should probably think about the five things which they, um, they need to know in order to do it efficiently. So the number one is, do you know what to do? Uh, number two is, do you know how to do it? Do you know how to go onto a website and do whatever it is that you need to do? Number three is, do you have the time to do it? Number four is, are you willing to invest the money and learn how to use the tools that you need to be able to Understand how your website is performing in terms of its search engine optimization, and and the fifth one which you alluded to, Mark, is do you understand the penalties for getting it wrong? And the the penalties can range from um, doing stuff that you don't realise is going to negatively impact your SEO, um, all the way up to doing things which are inherently against the philosophy that Google is. Um, espousing and that in turn, if you use black hat techniques, there are white hat and black hat techniques. But if you're using these banned techniques, they will literally take you off of the search engine platform. And yes, you can appeal, but chances of getting put back on are probably fairly limited. And and I give you an example of of a, a, a the way that you can accidentally do something and not understand the consequences. So we we we're, we're working with a company right now. Um, and it's not the first company where I've had this experience where they um, they decided to pop up a new website um, because they formed a joint venture. Right? so they had their original company they formed a joint venture. the joint venture does similar things to the to the original company. So the fastest way to get a website up was to literally copy the entire website, And they went through and changed the brand name in the new website. And they said, there you go. We've now got two websites. So, I mean, intuitive sounds like a logical thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. What they probably didn't realize is that um, duplicate content is one of the big no-nos from Google's perspective. And so immediately what happens is that they index these websites and they go, "Uh uh-oh, we don't know who the authoritative domain is. So we're going to downgrade both of them. And, um, and, and the, the guy that we we're chatting to, he said, oh, yeah, our domain authority, which is a, a number from 1 to 100, which is a, is a way of ranking where you are in terms of uh, importance in Google's eyes. He said, yeah, our, our domain authority dropped to 2. So that's 2 out of 100. And um, as you can imagine, not very helpful from a, from a search engine optimization perspective. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's there's five five things that they need to, to to think about if they're planning to do it themselves. But sure, it, it can be done clearly. I mean, people are doing it, right?
1: Okay, that wraps up the SEO portion, but it's going to come back in 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 our final segment. So I'm going to wrap this one up right now. You're listening to AmTower Off Center on the Federal News Network. Uh, Simon and I will return right after this. Welcome back to AmTower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here again with uh, Simon Turner of Ocean Five Strategies. And between takes, we were we were discussing a couple of things that I found quite interesting. So we we've touched on the importance of websites to to government. Uh, um, so quickly, what what makes a government contractor website? Different from other company
0: websites, uh, yeah. So there, there are a number of uh, differences. Um, and when I think about government contractors, the first thing you have to think about is is both the content and the messaging, and the target audience that they are um, they are looking at. So, for example, the contracting offices... When they're doing research, are looking for specific things. You know, they may be looking for um, a profile of the leadership of the company. They're looking to see that you've got the credibility to do the work that they're expecting to do. But maybe they're looking for the contract vehicles that you are uh, already involved with. And all of these are things that they will go and find on your website. and And we've come across. Um, you know, quite well-established uh, government contractors who simply don't include that detail and make it easy for these people, for these influencers and decision makers in the government to find that information online. So, content is is a, a differentiator because there are some very specific things that need to be there, and we have a list of them. If anybody wants to know, and just give us a call, and we'll we'll tell you what the list is. The second thing is messaging, and messaging is different to content right it's the core values of the company it's the core things that we do it's why we're different it's why you would hire us for any um uh specific project that you're working on but we're we're finding that government contractors are often not very good at messaging or they haven't thought it all the way through but we are finding people are tuned into it now because we're being asked to help people with it and so for example if you are a um a company that does i t services you do artificial intelligence you do um, uh you implement Azure or you do devsecops or any of these sorts of tools which are cloud based solutions and you say we provide the best solutions i don't know that's kind of not much of a differentiated message right right and, it's
1: it's kind the, of kind <laughs> of a common uh common error.
0: Yeah, and and so you kind of have to break through that. So messaging is, is critical if you want to be able to align yourself with, with the agencies. The, and then the, the third thing that I mentioned is, you know, the audience that you are uh, looking at is maybe it's the agency, maybe it's a team in part, maybe it's a new employee that you're trying to attract. So those tend to be a little bit different from, let's say, the, the private sector websites. And the last thing is... Uh, is the objective of the website, right? So if you think about a website in the context of a sales and marketing pipeline, most private sector companies measure success by a, a sale. Literally, we sold something, we got money for it, so it's a very simple measurement of success. Whereas government contractors may not have that objective, right? They may be trying to get a win for a specific schedule. That could count as a success. They may be looking to win a specific contract or even when they won the contract for specific work within that within that contract. And so um, a win isn't necessarily measured the same way the private sector would. It's not, hey, we got sales or you know, we got extra leads. It could be that they have a specific objective and they can Modify the website. They can build the website and they can shape the website in order to have those specific objectives in mind. So I think there's a difference in mentality, particularly when you compare private sector to uh, to the government contractors' objectives.
1: Okay, well I, I've heard you uh, say uh, content several times, and that leads us to uh, you know uh, a cent- central source, and that would be HubSpot. Uh, You guys are a proponent of HubSpot. Um, I'm familiar with their work, uh, you know, uh, like a million other people, not quite. Uh, Several years back, I read inbound marketing where uh, Brian Halligan and Dharma Shah outlined uh, what what the big deal is with inbound marketing. So content and, and our friends at Market Connections are getting ready to release their uh, fourth uh, content marketing study. They do one every other year. Um, Content is extremely important in this market, but what does it have to do with the website?
0: So in a nutshell, um, you, you, you mentioned HubSpot and the concept of inbound marketing. Essentially, that was a recognition Uh, that the way people were searching for information uh, was changing, largely because of the use of the internet and the way people were developing websites. It is, I think, widely accepted at this point that pretty much everybody you talk to has already researched your products, your uh, company, um, compared your products or services with other companies in, in the same area. And so you're dealing with a much more sophisticated audience at the point where they um, engage with you in a sales or business development sense. And, and for a long time, I don't think the, the government contracting community really sort of embraced that concept. They relied very heavily on the, the personal connections um, through the business development teams. But you know, what happens in the private sector often flows into the government contracting world. Over time, and 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 so here we are. I think inbound is absolutely um, part of the way that um, uh, government agencies are going about doing research. And guess what? COVID accelerated that dramatically. Right. So people aren't going to in-person events. They're not taking in-person meetings. Many, many more things which are done online, and hence digital transformation is here for government contractors. Um, so then, then you look at the the, uh, the question of content, and you have to think about how people are using content over time. And I like to think of it starting at the sales end or the very sharp end of this the sales and marketing funnel. And you are going to provide a proposal, or you're going to complete an RFP, or you're going to do something. And that itself is content, right? And, and prior to that, people are going to have done some research and they've engaged and they've looked specifically at your products and your services and make comparisons. So there's a series of content around that phase. Let's call it the middle of the funnel where people are asking specific questions, but they're very, they're very specific. And then prior to that, at the top of the funnel, you've got a lot of, um, Questions that people are trying to figure out: what is the solution to my particular problem? And so they might do all sorts of research. And if you can figure out the most common questions people are asking, in order to move through that pipeline to the point where you're in the sales process, because that's the objective for marketing, mostly is to actually take someone that isn't fully aware of what you do and put them in a point in the process which is engaging with sales or business development. And so um, the content that you create has to be relevant to the stage in the buyer's journey that your personas or your buyers are going to go through. So mapping that journey out and figuring out what content is appropriate is, is pretty key. The other piece about content, and a lot of companies, you know, they spend a lot of money on random content, and it's very expensive and it's not very effective. And so a content strategy, is it part of the website? Sure, because that's where it gets placed, right? So yes, it's part of an extended website uh, strategy. But essentially, um, if, if you produce a whole bunch of random content, then it's going to be expensive because you're going to hire somebody to write it or you're going to write it yourself, and, and then you're going to try and post it. But in our opinion... We look at it, the content, every piece of content you produce should have a purpose, every piece, right? So if it's um, intended to be middle of the funnel, answer specific questions that the people are asking. And if it's at the top end of the funnel, answer specific questions that they need at that particular phase of the buyer's journey and link it in such a way that it moves them down the pipeline and to do that efficiently is a, requires a content strategy because you know content not only is it just hey we're going to write some articles white papers blogs whatever but now think about the complexities of oh we're going to turn that into a webinar or a podcast a radio show it's essentially the the message and the content is fundamentally the same core information it's now being put out in different formats And if you think about the time, effort, skill and cost of doing all of those things, you can see fairly quickly that you would want to have a clear plan in order to get the best bang for your buck as you go through that process. Now, the reason it affects the website is because all of this stuff should be accessible through your website in some format and everything else that you do would drive people back to your website because that's a platform that you control. And so there is a very integral relationship between website design development and its ongoing usefulness for meeting the objectives of the, of the owner of the website. There
1: you go. I have several more questions, but we're out of time. The reason Simon's uh, joined me today is I saw him do a presentation at one of our ideation meetings for Government Marketing University, and, and it intrigued me. Uh, So, I mean, I've known a little bit about SEO for a while. Any marketer knows a little bit about SEO. So I wanted to bring him in for that. But Simon's company, Ocean5 Strategies, also has a unique way of developing websites around that concept of growth-driven design. So if your website isn't paying dividends, let me suggest you give them a call. Um, Simon, thanks so much for coming in, man. I greatly appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, man.
1: This is not my day job. I do advise companies on the social selling aspect of the government market. So I deal with content marketing. I don't develop content, but I show you where and how that it should be deployed. I help companies develop subject matter expert positions and then deploy all of the above via social selling. If that resonates, drop me a line at markamtower at gmail.com. And thank you for listening to Amtower Off-Center. You've been listening to Amtower Off-Center on Federal News Network. Tune in Mondays at noon or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.